0: If you love what you hear, please subscribe, leave a stellar review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Hello and welcome to episode 110 of the Maker Mom podcast. This week's guest is Danielle of Tuft Interiors. Uh, I had a really great time chatting with Danielle, and she definitely kept it real throughout the whole conversation, so I know that you're going to enjoy our chat just as much as I did, but before we hop into the interview, I want to give a big shout-out and thank you to the patrons over on Patreon, so thank you so much, Christy, Twisted Twine, Woodworking, Christina B., Jeremy Spice, Sammy, Go Sammy Lee!, Lauren Oakley Soap Company, Sven Dwarf Sized Workshop, Rachel Moody Makes, Bonnie Tool Mom Bonnie, ToolMomStore.com, Laura Oakley Soap Company, Mary Lou Made by Mary Lou, Amy Bison Valley Carving, Dan and Kelly Reclaim Living Store, Brandy Studio Bay, Kathy One Girl and Her Tools, Ellen Little Bear Furniture, and Ethan Ethan Carter Designs. Thank you all so very much for your ongoing continued support helping me to produce two episodes a week. And with no further ado, here is Daniel, Danielle of Tuft Interiors.
1: Um, I am Danielle McKen. I am a mother of two. I have a almost four-year-old and a just freshly turned one-year-old. I used to have a brick-and-mortar store
0: mm-hmm.
1: for about five years in the middle of Charlotte. And in that shop, I offered custom furniture, custom um, upholstery, and I sold uh, local artists as from any kind of maker, from art to pillows to, I just wanted to always support. Um, I also tried to stick with hiring women that worked in my store and uh, I closed in July of 2019. And at that point, I had been running, you know, what I would consider a successful business for five years. And I was burnt out. And I had to make some decisions of, you know, how to alleviate this burnout. Do you build your company or do you take a break? And I went with take a break. I was pregnant with number two. And, you know, a lot of people like just hire more. But that is a lot of energy and it takes a lot to find people that will love your business like you want them to love it and to kind of funnel the knowledge of where you're at and what you would like to see happen into another team of, you know, another group of people. So I decided to close and I wanted to just be on sabbatical and then COVID. <laughs> <So things> go- <laughs>
0: that is, that's extreme sabbatical right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Really the <laughs> you know, I'm glad I took the break when I did. And, you know, it allowed me to weather this crazy time
0: uh, way better
1: than I could have if I was managing my business.
0: <clears throat> awesome. Well, before we get into like how you got to that business, um, I want to spend a little time uh, talking about your childhood. Where did you grow up and what kind of things were you interested in as a kid?
1: I grew up on Long Island. Um, You know, it's weird living somewhere where I'm not close to water. I'm very used to being right by the beach. Um, But I've always been creative. But I will say that um, the Danielle I am now, I think, was shaped later in life. I think my parents were very nurturing me being creative. I, you know, did my bedroom and you know, I remember doing those things, but it really was a passion that found me later in life. Um, Once we got to Charlotte and we had our own place and I wasn't, you know, in a room in college that already had all the furniture and stuff like that. Um, So it really was nurtured once I got to Charlotte. Charlotte is also a big furniture hub, Um, you know, we also have High Point and stuff like that. So um, I feel like, and I do feel like, That was my childhood because my 20s (laughs) were my childhood. (laughs) So I feel like that side of my childhood is what really, you know, shapes me into wanting to be a creator.
0: Okay. Um, Are your parents and everybody still like in Long Island area? No, they, my parents moved down to South Carolina
1: in 2002 or three. I followed, I was in school upstate New York. Mm -hmm. I followed in 2004 and so we still have some other family members there but you know the the brood of us just moved down um, in 2002.
0: Okay awesome um what were your activities like in like high school time frame? I was a cheerleader I did
1: you know, I did cheerleading. I did horseback um, riding before I did cheerleading. Um, my parents made us also do karate, not my favorite thing, but we had to do it. Um, so yeah, so, you know, just pretty basic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> basic, you know, hanging out, parties, prepping for college, um, just kind of, you know, nothing against my parents, but run of the milk. Kind of yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: What'd you, uh, <laughs> what'd you do post high school? So
1: I went to college, upstate New York, and I wanted to be a doctor, then an anesthesiologist, and then I was like, girl, no. <laughs> so, um, but the reason I changed my degrees is well, my, the reason I transferred, my mother, when they moved down here, decided to get her master's. She then went to Clemson, and she said to me, you should look into Clemson, I think you would enjoy it. So I switched down here, um, you know, I did a tour, loved it down here, got a sociology degree, and didn't use any of it,
0: (laughs) you know, so what was, what was um, the draw to, to doctor in sociology, I mean, I would consider, I mean, those are both in the sciences, right, I would consider, so, like, what was your draw to go after those?
1: What, when I was young, I wanted to be a doctor, or, and, or an anesthesiologist, and I just think that was just me being young, I, I just thought it was wonderful, you know, just how cool it would be to be a woman anesthesiologist. And then um, sociology, as far as when you get into it and learning about society and how groups work and diversity and all that, I think it's extremely interesting. Um, But honestly, you know, if we talk about how colleges ran now, it just, I needed a degree. I wanted something that was interesting and I wanted something that could kind of be applied to a few different positions. I didn't I knew once I transferred, I wasn't into the long haul of education. My parents are, my brother is like, but that wasn't me. Um, so I did something that worked for then and something I thought would take me into whatever the career may be. But I also happened to have graduated in 2008 which was late for when I should have graduated um, but I graduated into a recession. So it was like very, very different once I got out of college. Um, but you know, I if I could do it all over again, I definitely would look into designer being a general contractor. You know, I'm mm-hmm. glad I had my degrees, but
0: like I said, they didn't really serve me in the end. You know so. any any chance you would still go after the the general contractor route? You know, I I think about that all the time. Like,
1: I you know we. Because I closed my business, I waffle between feeling like my career is done and there's nothing left to do. And also being like, you haven't even hit 40, you have so much life ahead of you. Um, so to be determined. Um, I also got as far as I did without having those specific degrees, mm-hmm. excuse me, those specific degrees. So I do know that I can move forward and get more um, towards my goal of, I really like the building side of things, but um you know, so I know it's still an option, but I'm not sure, you know, school mm-hmm. is not my favorite thing. to do. <laughs> I'm such a hands-on person that it's, you know, really I think
0: though, that. I think though, as far as like general contractor, I, I may be wrong, but I've had, I've had a couple women on the podcast that <clears throat> have gone and are now general contractors. I believe, it, I think there's just a test. Like, I think there's yes, like a, you have to do a
1: lot of hours.
0: Yeah. And- yeah. So it's not necessarily like classroom type mm-hmm. uh, education, right? It's different. Yes. Yeah.
1: I definitely, I am one of those women that do a lot with my children, but I do think knowing myself balancing kids this age and school, any form of it um, is not quite where my mind is at. Right now.
0: <laughs> I get that too. Yeah, I totally get that too. Yeah. I know. So, my intentions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good thing. that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you mentioned you know you didn't really start getting into kind of the making side of things, design side of things in, until you um, got to North Carolina and I think you said something about when you got your first house. this first one. Apartment. first apartment yeah. okay. so uh, talk to me a little bit about about that like what was the first thing? you kind of got into making?
1: Um, I In the beginning, I was more of a flipper. So I find things, you know, was, when you live in an apartment, people get rid of a lot of things. So it was always fun on garbage day. Um, and so I got into re- refurbishing things. And, you know, it started with just let me do stuff for my apartment. Then that grew into, oh, let me do something for your baby shower or for your new apartment. And then that led to, I would love to, start selling these pieces um and then from there when we bought our first home that was when I was really able because you have a lot of limitations living you know in Mm -hmm. an apartment I was really able to explore truly you know making things and building things and remodeling we did all of our home ourselves and um you know so it was I think, you know, something that I was always interested in, but until I became a homeowner, I wasn't really able to run with it. So that was when it like really took over my mm-hmm. life. It's just like, oh my gosh, I have so many, I have so much potential because nobody can tell me no. <laughs> 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 Whatever I want to do. Like, except my husband, He right. right. can tell me no
0: Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> he gets a little bit of a say, right? <laughs> <Very> um. <laughs> <yeah. very cool. laughs> um So refurbishing, were you using any tools with any of the refurbishing? Basic
1: tools. I was that girl that would sand in her apartment. (laughs) I know my neighbors did not like me. Um, So I had very basic tools, um, you know, drills to be able to hang things and anchor things into the wall. But really, when my husband and I got very serious, I remember uh, one of our first like real Christmases, he got me a whole Ryobi kit. And I had the basic tools in there and that was it. That was when it was, first of all, I was like, okay, I'm going to marry this dude. Yes, and nice. then, <laughs> second of all, It just really solidified that this wasn't, you know, this was something that was going to stick with us, with both of us. He's very creative as well. He is a wonderful builder. I am better, <laughs> but he's he really good. Um, he's very creative in his own way. You know, he gets me and he gets that, um, he gets my creativity. And, you know, mm-hmm. so sometimes it's, I'm like, I have this idea. Can you help me, you know, make it real? And so he will come in with, you know, the backup that I need to make things work. So we're a good partner or a good duo like that.
0: Good. Awesome. Um, what was your, so yes, I would say that's always an indication that that's the person you're supposed to marry, right? If yes, to, to get it. your crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what was the first like? I want to say like big tool that you got to use and work on.
1: Um, when we bought our house, we bought so the first room we did, we did a uh, we redid our dining room, we had a form, formal dining room, and we had a handsaw and a miter box, and we cut all mm-hmm. and we moved into the walls. And so then after that, we were like, wow, we're gonna buy a small little compound miter saw. So I would say that. And then um, we bought an air compressor and an air gun because we had, redone our living room and we built mm. out our fireplace. So those were the two big tools that we got. And then, um, you know, to kind of really fast forward, I then, once I had my business and everything, I had a studio. So then from that studio, I had bigger tools, I had all the tools, I had them all laid out. And so, um, you know, and they're still here with me, but you know, it started with the hands-on, I would say, and kind of built up from there. And, or it started with the kit. And then it just, yeah. you know, it, at first, you know, you're a little timid with tools and then you realize ease of why they have these amazing tools and, the, and you're addicted, that's it.
0: <laughs> was there, I mean, yeah, was there a level of hesitation around starting to use some of the, you know, quote unquote, bigger tools, like, you know, like yeah, the compound absolutely. miter saw and stuff?
1: <clears throat> Absolutely. I, well, I'm, I'm going just go ahead and do it kind of person anyway. So yes, there was hesitation, but no, it never stopped me. Um, but to this day, I still don't have a table saw and that is one of the things. And I had one in my studio cause I had mm-hmm. a um, contractor that would work with me. So he would leave it there and I would use it in the studio, but I do not have one for myself. And I will say that is the one tool that intimidates me enough where I haven't gone out and bought one yet,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever
1: it's on the list always and uh, you know I think once we get the right setup here and also I'm you know I have so many more years under my belt that I'm I'm finally comfortable like okay you definitely can handle this.
0: Were you and your husband like learning the tools together like learning how to use them together? Um, Absolutely. Do you think that helped like that there was somebody else you're learning together with on that stuff? Absolutely. He is more the math
1: person. So I, you know, I'm not the best. I'm I'm a very creative person. I'm hands on. So I'm like, it's about this long. And he's like, no, 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 we need real measurements. (laughs) Um, so he really comes through with that kind of, uh, you know, find tools that, that I maybe don't have. Um, and then for me though, I would consume so much content on Pinterest, Google, you know, any way I could find how to use things that I didn't know, how to tackle projects that I couldn't figure out on my own. Um, so I think, you know, for me that's and you know that's where I learned a lot. But for him, he also had jobs where he. Um, he's an amazing tiler because he did tiling at home for a full summer. So he's very good at that kind of precision work.
0: Okay. So, where do we get into like the decision to go with a brick and mortar store? Because that's a big undertaking. Like, it was huge. <laughs> it was, I look at myself and I'm like, what the
1: fuck were you, oh, sorry. <laughs> like, what were you thinking? But At the same time, I'm so proud I did it. Um, But what started it was I, you know, after a while we moved into our home and I had a corporate job. And what I loved about that job is it allowed me to run with my hobby because I moved from service industry. I managed a restaurant. So those were very erratic long hours. And then once I moved to a nine to five, I had weekends and it was crazy because I was like, what is all this time? And so I could really dive into these projects and really, and I really realized how much of a passion I had for it. And so I'm sitting at my corporate job and after about three and a half years, I knew that it was time to figure out what was next. And at that point I told my husband, I'm just going to run with this business. You know, we didn't have kids. It was the right setup to be risky. Um, and so at that point, I didn't know I wanted a store. And so I started looking around for places to consign. And then I realized, you know, you know, I did consign places. So it's mm-hmm. not that I skip that step, but I did. And then afterwards, when I was looking for better places, bigger spaces, it kind of came down to a numbers thing where I was like, you know, what I'm paying here versus getting my own space and, you know, not having the limitations of other people's creativity. Because some places we'll have a specific yeah. kind of aesthetic. Like the first right. place I started working was very rustic and I had a lot of shabby chic stuff. I will not do that anymore. So when you start moving into the like vintage custom upholstery side, um, you know, it just, it's more elevated kind of selling. So you pay more for that. And so I was just looking around and I was like, oh, I can kind of have my own space now hindsight is twenty twenty. <laughs> consigning under other people takes a lot of the responsibilities off of you. You don't have to worry about your taxes. You don't have to worry about being there. Like, you know, all those things, but I say a lot to say, um, you know, I just was looking around, and I just started looking at places, and I got a lot of no's. People were like, "Ah, retail doesn't work here," or this or that. And then one day, I saw the place that landed to be my store, and I called the owner, and he was like, "Oh, I love that idea. Cool." And that was it. Like he didn't want a te- you know, a ten-year right. plan. He didn't want all <laughs> these things. He was just like, "If you can afford it, I'm right. here for it." You know, and I loved that, and that worked. And you know he was a landlord. So there were times I wanted to like bang my head against the wall with mm-hmm. <laughs> some things, but that really, I think that it was almost serendipitous that I found that space because he had the, the laid back mentality that I, that I needed, you know, mm-hmm. because I was throwing myself into it. And it's not to say I, I, you know, I did start with the business plan. I did do all those things, but I feel like, you know, a lot of people ask me like, how did you just jump into it? And I was like, I'm a fuck it, I'm going to do it person. And that's, mm-hmm. You know, finding a landlord that you know ran with that kind of personality, it worked really well. I, you know, just I took a passion and I ran with it. So kind of and you know, my husband was scared the
0: whole time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I would say, everybody was scared. Yeah, I mean, I would say I would assume that even though you're a run with it kind of person, I would assume there was a level of fear absolutely for you as well. I mean with uh, the um, yeah. So when you, when you were consigning and then getting into your own shop, like you said, okay, you know, you're, you're not doing shabby chic type stuff anymore, but like, what kind of stuff were you, were you making at the time when you started? When I first started,
1: I was very much, you know, just, I wanted to distress a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I loved having, you know, different layers of paint. And, um, I was always into upholstery, but it was more so, um, on smaller scales, and then my skill set grew, and um, also I think my eye for vintage pieces grew. You know, you kind of you kind of go off with what what you see, and I think that I love that I live in Charlotte because I found a lot of different furniture. This is a very different game than um, a lot of other states, and so I think that I would, you know, I was lucky to be educated in North Carolina about furniture, and so you know my skills grew and the things that I was seeking grew because I wanted to find pieces that people would have for a long time. You know, I love having a statement piece or that one thing you buy and you're like, oh, this unique little thing, you know, caught my eye. But I really wanted to move into pieces of furniture that um, that's what got me into reupholstery you love this piece let's make it work for you now you know mm-hmm. you love this dresser but the finish isn't working you know so i really moved into that realm of honing in on pieces that were heirloom pieces if you, to people and I wanted to make them better as as opposed to you know that you know live laugh love
0: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> sign on the wall <laughs> right so <clears throat> um you mentioned like early on about High Point. Um, I don't know if any I'm familiar with what High Point is um, just because uh, furniture designer is something I'm chasing after but I don't know if people you know listening to the podcast will understand that reference so I don't know if you want to spend some time just like talking about what is the furniture environment of North Carolina? And like, why is that? Do you feel like such a important North
1: Carolina is a huge hub for making furniture. So your Bernhardt's, your, um, now I'm losing all my guess <laughs> all the names, but yeah. it is really the central portion of this country of where a lot of pieces come from. So what High Point is, is basically the Super Bowl of furniture this is where a lot of businesses go to shop what they're going to put on their floor and so they will you know you have small businesses it's <clears throat> i should say it's bigger than my small business because you need to be able to produce on a larger scale mm-hmm. so i wouldn't go there with just what i would put on my showroom floor i would need to be able to make let's say a hundred of the couches that i maybe had right so it's something that you, you scale up but or you work towards that portion where you get to mm-hmm. get to that point um but it is just showroom after showroom of amazing pieces of furniture, you know, design trends, what they think they may be, um, and just limitless options of where you, it's just, it's like nothing I've ever seen. And it's just, it's, you get to meet people that you've met, you know, talk through, talk to around the country. And a lot of people descend on High Point. It's about a week long and it's just, it's just a creative Mecca it's, yeah. it, it's almost you know my the first time I went with my friend she was like I was like why aren't we selling it she's like when you get there you'll see and so I remember sitting on the car ride back just being like completely overwhelmed by all the amazing I saw and I only spent one day <laughs> as of it, when it's a week long it's just right it, you can't walk it in a day it's just insane
0: yeah um yeah I've never I've never been personally but um <laughs> it's a
1: lot. It's, it's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Sensible shoes, you know. Pack for water, and you know, have a plan. Like it is, it's amazing, though. No, but it's something if you are able to go because it's free. Yeah. Um, you should do it, and if you're into furniture, you should do it. But, um, for me and my business, though, I kind of, you know, I I'm such a person that um, looks for ways to just advance my business. And so through that, I found someone that kind of worked with a lot of vendors at High Point Market. And so crazily, I bought a warehouse (laughs) of all these couch frames and chair Mm -hmm. frames. Because for me, I love doing upholstery. I love custom furniture, but I'm not building ground up. You know, there's Mm -hmm. enough hours in the day for me to do it personally. And then when you had a business already and everything like that. So that was kind of my back way into High Point Market, because at that time when I met him, I didn't quite know what it was. Mm-hmm. And then I bought into the warehouse and then just visiting and I figured it out. And then when I went for the first time, I was like, oh, my God,
0: <laughs> you know, seeing it all. <laughs> so right, right. So, I mean, you I want to get back to you said hindsight. So question, if you could do it again, would you go with brick and mortar or would you keep with consignment?
1: Oh, I go back and forth on that all the time. I think that for me, I didn't just do brick and mortar. I did workshops. I did custom upholstery. I did full on interior design. I did art shows. I did a lot of things out of my store. So it's very hard to disassociate what brick and mortar meant to me because I kind of I'm, you know, I took it on like a beast. I went all the way in and I said, you know, my husband would say throughout the years, you need to zone in on, you know, one or two things you want to do. And I'm like, I can't. The passion that I have for these things, for teaching people workshops, I'm not going to not do that, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to not reupholster, you know, all these different pieces. Because when I say reupholstery, like I did a lot. So I did at least, I think, um, six commercial jobs that were... Many, many pieces, yeah. you know, very large scale um, jobs. And then for that average couch chair. But when I went to Hickory, I would go with truckloads. It wasn't just a piece at a time. Mm-hmm. So when I say to custom upholstery, like I did a lot of custom yeah. then on top of that, I created pieces for my store and they're all my passion. So it's really hard to like, I miss it so much. I do not miss the business side of it. I do not miss the emails, the contracts, the following up, the, you know, I had to sue a contractor. I don't, you know, that part, um, you know, is not <laughs> my favorite part about the business, but I mm-hmm. really loved having this central location where I got to meet people and I got to hear stories and be part of, be a part of people's, you know, families in a sense that I took something that meant something to them and made it better. And, mm-hmm. you know, just hearing how that affected them is something that's really contagious and I love and I miss it. But, um, you know, some of the things I don't miss is being shackled to my store, <laughs> you know, and, just this was one of the first few Thanksgivings where small business Saturday wasn't a weight on me you know where the weekend wasn't a push to make sure I got great foot traffic and so I you know I'm not here to complain about it but there was a lot of responsibility mm-hmm. that comes with the brick and mortar so would I do it again I don't you know it's 70 30. Yeah. And, it <laughs> and it flip-flops what it is with so Stephanie I'm like 100% up here up here here and then the other part like eee! you know so I walk yeah. back and forth but you know I what I do know for sure is I'm a creator and I am mm-hmm. a maker and I am a person that doesn't turn that off and so I need to reimagine what that means for me going forward
0: makers, do you know Lauren of Rasp and File Designs? Well, if you don't, you should definitely go check out her work. You can find her on Instagram, Rasp File Designs. Lauren is making all kinds of cool furniture and home decor pieces out of live edge uh, hardwoods and metal bases um that's not all she does though so you should really go check her out and see what she's up to especially as holiday seasons are coming up and i know all of us makers really enjoy making our own christmas presents but perhaps you're running out of time so you want to maybe go check out lauren she's in the dc area so especially those who are close uh location wise to her so go ahead go check her out at Rasp file designs on instagram and let's get back to the episode Hey makers, today's episode is brought to you by Tool Mom and Company, or some of you know her as Tool Mom Bonnie. Uh, She has all kinds of tool-related merchandise of gifts and clothing for all ages and genders available at toolmomstore.com. I have two of the coffee mugs, one says Go Girl, and it has a circular saw with flames coming off the back, which is super sweet, and then the other one is the definition of a tool chick, which just makes you feel kind of badass when you're drinking out of it. So if you are in the market, especially as we're getting close to Christmas for any tool related merchandise, be that gifts or clothing, make sure you head on over to toolmomstore.com and extra bonus, you can receive 20% off at checkout if you use the coupon code MAKERMOM. All right, let's jump back into the episode. So, if I'm doing the math right, you had your store going when you got pregnant with your first. Oh, yes, and yes. had your first. Oh, <laughs> what was that like? Because I know in pregnancy the, takes it out of you, and having a little the, one takes it out of you. Absolutely, the first he was
1: a wonderful. Both kids were well. He was a wonderful pregnancy. <laughs> I will get to the second later. Um, but with Taylor, I I had a really good pregnancy with him. I was tired in the beginning, but I never had morning sickness or any of that. So once I got over that initial hump, I was like, "Let's go, let's do this." Um, and you know, it was, I I don't want to say easy, but I didn't have a Mm hard pregnancy. So it was just kind of like I did my job while I was pregnant, (laughs) you know, and it kind of just, we just, Um, and then when he came, I, I was risky. I shut my store. I literally put curtains up and a really pretty sign and I'm on maternity leave two months. Don't email, don't call me. I'll be back, (laughs) you know, and I Mm -hmm. wanted to make sure I gave myself that time because I am my own business and I know I'm small, but maternity leave is real and needed for women. And I didn't want to, um, you know, pressure myself into this and not to mention design is like a whole relationship. So it is something where I was like, I can't be entangled in something that takes a lot of out of me mentally and physically while I'm trying to do something I've never done before. I've never been a mom. Um, and then, you know, once I had the kid and I opened, he just was with me all the time. He grew up in a store. He grew up around lots of fancy things as far as like, you know, vases he could break and stuff yeah. like that. Like he would go, to me, go with me to Hickory. I had a pop-up little plate pen that I would put them in and you know because like I said when I would go to Hickory I would go with a lot of furniture so you had to sit there label things put pictures tag things what fabrics went with it and it was kind of hard to do that go before you got there you know Mm -hmm. because you had to go over all the details with the upholsterers so he would just hang out you know and he you know Hickory is about an hour and a half and he made that ride with me so often. And then as he got older, his play space in the store got bigger. So at first it was in the back and then mm-hmm. I just carved out a space for him in the middle of the store. And it was kind of like, I'm a mom and I own a business. Like, that's it. Like, yeah. That's how it's gonna work. You're walking into this environment and you need to know that, you know, I didn't shy away from breastfeeding. I mean, I wasn't full on out in my front window, right. <laughs> but this is, you know, you are working with a mom and I never... You know, I never backed down from that. You know, this is just how we get things done. And I loved every second of, and not to say it wasn't challenging, but I love that I have these memories of having a brick and mortar and my son. there. That means a lot to me. And he remembers that, you know, mm-hmm. we drive past mm-hmm. the store and he has this is where his love of trains came from yeah. because my store was right next to train tracks. So it was hard, but I did it on my terms and I'm so grateful I was able to do that.
0: What was what was it like your experience like in that space as far as dealing with like subcontractors, dealing with customers, dealing with like I know like in the kind of interior design world, there's plenty of women, right? but um, I don't I don't feel like there's a lot of women who are bringing, you know, just making that space for themselves of like, I'm a mom as well. And this is like what I present with. Like, what was that experience? How were you met, I guess, in that space?
1: You know, I, I handled pretty much everything in my business myself. So even down to the building, I knew when I had to hire out Mm -hmm. and I knew when I could handle things. And so a lot of the times for me, I would put my kid to sleep and I would go to my studio at 830, you know, and go back to work. Can't do that with two kids. She's a whole different (laughs) number two is a game changer. Um, So a lot of it was me figuring out, you know, how to create these things. But when I had to do bigger projects, um, I always worked to have these relationships with people where. You know i felt like they were small businesses too so i you know i was able to work i would go directly to them so i wanted something custom welded so i found a welder and he became a friend and it was great um i didn't get no you know oh that's over, <laughs> that over but you know, <laughs> you know i will say this when i renovated my store mm-hmm. um i hired a contractor and i always said after that experience, I would always hire a all, all-woman team if I ever had to do something like that again. So I will say in those, um, in that space, it was kind of frustrating because I felt like, would you treat me like this if I were a man? Um, but I also feel like I'm too vocal to not push back. So some of it, I was like, listen, <laughs> you are getting paid by me, whether right. you think I'm capable enough or not you are getting paid by me, and this is how it works. Um, same with the upholstery, I will be very honest, it wasn't about my gender as much as it's, you know, there was a race divide there where I was going into places where they weren't very used to working with Black females. And, you know, not to brag, but bringing the scale of work I brought to them, it was like, no, 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 I got the seat at this table. And, you know, sometimes we clashed and, but we became friends. I still talk to my upholsterer. we just checking out on each other. Like, how are you doing? You know, mm-hmm. um, but there were moments where I was like, is it my race or my gender? And, you know, but I never let it go. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, no, 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 we're going to talk about this and get through this. Um, and then as my business grew, I feel like I was just lucky enough to find people that I enjoyed working with. So I had a contractor that I did do two very large projects with, which took a lot of time. And we were friends, so it wasn't, I didn't have to be met with, you know, gender issues, race issues too much, but it, it, it was more on the going to Home Depot and buying my own tools and just hearing men, like, do you even know how to use this? Like, Bro. <laughs> do not make me meet you in the party lot with this yeah. kind of talk, you know, or, being a woman designer, a black woman designer in a white woman world where I would walk into stores and here I am ready to drop $700 on fabric and felt neglected, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that for me, because I handled so much myself that it was very hard for me to be knocked down by those things, but I always encountered them because I am a black female. So there is no getting away mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know?
0: If that makes sense, <laughs> it it makes total sense. Um,
1: yeah. It's I'm a crazy gen- world, right?
0: <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I will apologize for my race in the sense of you should not be yeah. met with that. Um, I can't apologize on the gender thing because you know I'm not. Doing yeah, because you're. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, but I can't apologize on the racing. And, and, and I was going to ask you that question. Um, again, I know there's a lot of women in this industry, in that specific industry. I am not aware if there's a lot of women of of color, Black women specifically in that industry. Um, there are, and
1: that's the thing, like, and that that's a wonderful thing about social media is that we've been able to find each other and be like, oh shit, you're doing this stuff too. But I think sometimes for me, I, I look at it twofold. I am a designer. I will do high-end things. It is incredible the things I've done for people, but I don't always stress the part. And I think sometimes it was, that tugs on the woman's strings too. Mm -hmm. I just built something. I don't have time to look the part of what you think I should be walking into your store looking like. So even though I am dressed like a worker in my overalls and my boots and I don't have makeup on, I am still here to buy $700 worth of fabric. So I think sometimes it was you know, like I said, it's just hard to run sometimes from your gender and the things that are attached to that. Being a woman and feeling like you don't look the part, feeling like you don't deserve to be in the room and then being a person of color and being like, am I not getting what I need because I'm a person of color? So I do think that, you know, it's there. And I appreciate you saying that. And I think now, you know, we have better eyes on it. We're talking about it. People are hearing these stories and look and reflecting on themselves and saying, How did I aid to this? And how can I not do this anymore? You know, I also happen to live in the South and, you know, there are a lot of things that affect that I, I look back on that I took in stride after five years of having a brick and mortar. And then when you have the time to sit down and digest all the things that you did and all the situations that you had that you didn't really have the time to go over in your head because you had a million and a half things to do. I just, you know, I can really pinpoint a lot of moments of just like, oh, this was a check for my race, This was a check for my gender. This was, a, you know, and I'm glad that we're in a position where, we can talk about these things, and I appreciate you saying sorry. I know you don't you don't have to bear the weight of everyone in your weight, <laughs> but it is very nice to hear, you know, that people are acknowledging that we need to change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we we do, to
0: change. we do, and and I I want to hit on real quickly. Like I strongly identified with what you said about like just what you were wearing. Uh, And how that presented, because I'm the same way, right? Like if I'm like delivering something (laughs) or whatever, like I'm walking straight. (laughs) Generally it's like, okay, the finish is dry enough for me to deliver this. (laughs) (laughs) Like we're loading it up and going and I'm like a mess, right? And then overall, I don't present very feminine anyways but yeah. it's it's one of those things of like I've always wondered that too and it's it's something that I'm actually really self-conscious about about yeah. even being able to walk into those spaces like those interior yeah. designer spaces because they're very I'm, intimidating they're very yeah. intimidating and I'm like I have not worn makeup since high school and yeah. this is something that I actually am like I'm not going to do that just for you to give me <laughs> the time of day like please look at my skills and what I created versus like how I'm dressed and present because to me that that's not what's important like I think my art is important so exactly. I you know
1: <laughs> and I think that we're also showing the, there are many ways to approach design know if you came into the shop on a Thursday I was dressed. I had the makeup and I did that but some days I came from my studio to my store and I think that there's a a movement of women makers where we're allowed to switch our roles and be that person but before I don't think there were as many women that were doing the design and building the pieces Mm -hmm. and so you know, it was always weird when I came in because they are like, oh, you actually made this. And, you know, people were blown away by that. And I'm like, it's crazy what you would pay for that you could do. right? <laughs> <You know? laughs> exactly. Just do it yourself. And so I think that, you know, that's a great thing about change. People are saying that you can have, you know, I can go toe to toe with the person dr- dressed to the nines right. and with the general contracting team, <laughs> you know, and so, and, you know, I think this, when I had to run an, a restaurant I remember training in Charleston and I wanted to leave I, I remember telling my mom I didn't go to school to learn how to fry chicken and you know cook burgers and they made you do every single role in the kitchen from washing the floors to running the hostess stand all of it because when they don't show up You have to do those things. And there were so many times in the restaurant industry, I was like, well, I guess I'm cooking because I don't have my staff here. And so I always kind of felt that way with design. You know, there's so many things I just need to do because I can't count on everyone to be there when you want them to, you know? And so I think that is, you know, and we got to learn to be comfortable in that. Some days I'm the electrician and other days I'm the designer, but I'm always me and I should always be
0: met with the same kind of interest Mm -hmm. when I walk into the space, you know? Absolutely. I don't I don't want to do a total abrupt switch here, but I do want to no. ask. So you I'm okay, you close the brick and mortar, second, yep. second child's born, COVID hits. Are you yeah. are you still even if you're taking a sabbatical from the business side, are you yeah. still creating? All the time. I have we bought a new house, so that was
1: Um, that was a push by COVID because we thought we would renovate the first home we had. Um, but then we decided now's not a good time for renovation. And also you can't renovate some problems. Like we wanted a less busy street and we want, we doubled in square footage. So it would have been hard to do with a Mm -hmm. renovation. So, you know, I am so thankful that I get to pour myself into a new home because it's kept me sane for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's allowed me to be creative in a way I hadn't been able to be in years. I think that, um, a lot of creatives, they use it, as, it's cathartic for us. It's therapeutic. And mm-hmm. so I hit a point where I wasn't able to do projects for myself because of business. And also I had a smaller home that had just, it had been done all the ways it could be done. You know, we were bucking yeah. at the points. And so, um, I think I'm even more creative now. And, you know, my eyes are different because I have fresh spaces that I'm not remaking. I'm doing for the first time. And so absolutely, I'm still creating. And in March, I had gone to a former client friend's home, new home. And we were at the start of the project and then the world shut down. And I was like, you know, this is hard to juggle as a mother. I couldn't, you know, I didn't, I closed my store because I wanted to, navigate having two children for the first time without the stress of work that was something I knew that I needed I couldn't be everything for everyone in my business Mm. I was everything (laughs) so it was like something has to go um so I wanted to be able to navigate things so right when i was starting feeling confident that like okay I can you know figure this out on my terms the world shut down and so you know childcare wasn't the same and all that so I was open to it again but for now I'm just thankful I have a lot of empty spaces, you know, that have nothing on
0: the wall, but I can do all kinds of stuff. Uh, yeah, and and like you said, the kind of therapeutic aspect of it. Absolutely. I I'm lucky enough that when you know August started, we found solutions that we were comfortable with and felt safe about for our kids to be able to leave the home Mm -hmm. (laughs) during the day, which has been a a blessing on my mental health. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) you have, I mean, you have two, you know, littles really still at home. Um, And so like, how are you making, (laughs) how are you making space when literally they can't leave. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> it is very uh, challenging at times. I think that my kids are different though too, so it's a two part, you know, way to answer it. Taylor grew up being on the move. Andy was four months when the world shut down, so you know her 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 experiences are very different. All of a sudden, I was just staring at her. <laughs> 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 just like that. It's just like, hey, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but for me and I, you know, on Instagram, I get a lot of, I can't believe you're doing this with two kids in tow. And I sometimes want to just put a message out. Moms, stop shaming yourself that you haven't done this with two kids. I am a creative and the things you see me do are easy for me. So as much as it may be involved, throwing up board and batten is not hard for me, you know, figuring out a way to stencil my kid's wall is not hard for me. So the things that you know for me I'm a natural creative and I think that makes mothering with kids and being a creative a lot easier because mm-hmm. it's it, it's just so second nature to me. But also because my kids have a creative mom, they grow up around it. My kids I'm a very Montessori type mom, Mm -hmm. surprise. So they roam a lot and I will check back in, but I'm, you know, I don't need to be staring at my kids often, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's why um, the first room I did in this one was my, is their playroom and it's the most important room for us. I know they have a safe place to be. We've got cameras in there. Um, But a lot of the times I let the kids be and I do what I need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have to limit certain things. You don't get to have all the crazy tools out. I do a lot of cleaning because I have kids. So, you know, before when it was just my husband and I, you could just close the door and say, right. all those dangerous tools can just be where they need to be. That is not the case now. Right. <laughs> so I do a lot of picking it back up and putting it away and then bringing it back out. Um, but also, you know, I just, I feel like a lot of people would be they'd be shocked how much they can get done with kids. Kids are very malleable. They know their environment is whatever you make it, you know? And so sometimes it's got a lot of sawdust in it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but they know how to navigate it. And, you know, also with my kids too, I paint with them. I do a lot of creative things with them. So- it's kind of second nature for them as well. And it is a challenge. There are some days I'm so frustrated because she, Auntie's very different than Taylor. There are some days she just wants to be held. And those for me are very challenging because I don't, I'm not a sitter. So I like to like always be doing something. Mm-hmm. And so the days she just wants to be held, I'm like, wow, oh, okay, I signed up for this. Okay. okay. <laughs> I wanted this. Okay. <laughs> But then for the most part, like she just hangs out with me. And you know, when she naps, she naps in a car seat and I just stare at her while I'm working, you know. And so I think sometimes moms don't believe in themselves enough of what you can do with a child. But also sometimes I think it's I'm not the best example because I don't have the hurdle of figuring out tools and being a mother, <laughs> you know. So
0: so, I mean, you you had talked about you ran workshops and stuff when you were in your studio space. Mm-hmm. Do you do any of that kind of teaching still through social media avenues? No, I'm actually kind of resistant to it because
1: um, i I like to do quick DIY. So I would love to teach people, but the behind the scenes of editing and making that content, mm-hmm. you know, consumable for people is what I'm 100% against <laughs> my, you know, I am all hands and I don't like the behind the scenes work as much. Um, but I do like showing how I do stuff. I don't particularly want to teach online. That's just mm-hmm. not really It's as much as I don't like doing e-design, I'm a very tactile person. And so when you have to take something and break it down into steps as far as... In the same way, I'm going off on a tangent. The same reason why um, I felt really burnt out with work. You take all these creative ideas and then you have to contract it and then you have to put it in an invoice and then you have to... (laughs) And so you kind of take away from that initial like, yay, of why you wanted to do the project. So I miss workshops, but I miss the physical, let's get in there and put something in your hand. Um, And as far as the things that I do at home, I do want to show people more of the mom things I make because I make some great stuff for my kids, but I don't like breaking it all down because I also feel like there's so much content out of there. Like I am a creative, but I love Pinterest. I see a pin, I'm the mom who makes it. (laughs) You know, I'm the mom who who saves a pin and actually does it. So it's not, you know, I am a very creative person, but sometimes I think people think, I come up with everything, you know, just out of my own head. I'm like, no, I went to Pinterest. I got the tools and the, you know, I listened to what I was supposed to do and I did it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, so, um, but with that being said, sometimes there are things where I'm like, I really would love to break this down and show people how to do it because it's something, especially when I do things for kids, you know, Mm -hmm. like the stuff in my home, I'm like, I don't know. I feel very different, but I feel you know passionate about kids stuff because you know we just want to make this environment where your kids are healthy and they're learning and you know so maybe in the future but as of right now I'm like ah.
0: <laughs> it's a lot of work editing that's that's fair that is very fair <laughs>
1: yeah, there are just so many hours in the day
0: yeah I yeah I do yeah. two I do two podcast episodes a week so I will say I understand editing oh I do <laughs> Not an easy thing to go yeah. through it to find the time to also go back
1: and do yeah. it because you, you had to find the initial time to do it and then you yep. have to find the second set of time to edit it. So yes. I get
0: it. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, we're we're actually at the end of our time, Danielle. So okay. <laughs> I want to give uh, you a chance, though, to let people know how they can find you online and check out what you're what you're up to, you know, during the the nap hour hustle and all that fun stuff. (laughs) Right.
1: Okay, so you're catching me at a time of change. I am going to update my name and I have settled on Tuft Interiors. Um I just need something that's a lot easier to share with people. So before it was tuft underscore DIY McKim, you know, I started that six years ago and here I am. I'm like, let's just make it easier. Um, but if you search for me on Instagram. What you will see is a smattering of, um, true design projects I did for clients, crazy things I do with my kids and everything in between. Um, I'm trying to also kind of backload some of the things I've done over the years. I'm sitting on a lot of content that I realized I'm so busy. I never shared. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, so if you're following along with me now, just know that I want to add even more content and, um, Yeah, I have, you know, so once you go to my Instagram page, you can find all the other ones. I don't quite have a website anymore because, you know, I'm just kind of stay-at-home mom vibes right now. (laughs) But if you find me on Instagram, that's my favorite place to hang out. I love the connections I make there. I love that I can show little snippets of my life and,
0: you know, it's fun and casual, Mm -hmm.
1: you know, nothing too serious on my part.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me today.
1: I very much appreciate you asking me. I think, you know, it's amazing to have these, you know, networks of moms really, you know, diving into these topics that you don't really associate with being a mother too much. We are creators and we're mothers and they can coexist. And thank you for taking the time to seek people people out to talk
0: about it. Absolutely. And yes, our biggest creations are our kids, right? We totally made that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're a your kid sometimes and you're like, I can't believe I made that. I know. crazy <laughs> <laughs> stuff there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Again, that was Danielle with Tuft Interiors. And I will include the links on how you can follow along with her in the description of the podcast. So whatever app you're listening to the podcast on, just check the, check the description of the episode and you should see the links there on how you can follow along with her. All righty. So, This is, as mentioned last week, going to be the last brand new episode for the year. The remaining episodes I will be giving you um, a look at some of my favorite episodes over the past couple of years. So don't just think it will cover this year. I may surprise you and even go back to the first year. So be sure to stick around for those and I will, of course, still be doing the more live and up-to-date intros and outros for those so if there's any announcements coming those will be there all right it is near the end of a year that has been kind of crazy i think all of you will agree with that um and i want to just say thank you so much for listening every week, um, to both episodes, to the Wonder Women series and to the o- the OG Maker Mom series. Um, I appreciate each and every one of you so very much. Please be sure to follow along over on Instagram at Maker Mom Podcast. You can check out the link in the bio there. There's all kinds of things like how to join the tribe over on Patreon, get access to additional content, help support the, um, ongoing upkeep of the podcast things like once we get up to 25 patrons we're at 16 right now once we get up to 25 patrons that will really help me out allow me to be able to hire somebody to help edit and produce these which frees up time so i can do even more interviews um so things like that and also includes in the link in the bio uh, how you can get a hold of some swag so you can rep your favorite podcast when you're out and about. Um, you know, remember those days when we were out and about um, and stuff like that. So check that out. Now, when I am not uh, interviewing and editing to make podcasts, you can find me designing and making things over at com and at freemanfurnishings across pretty much all of the social media. I am most active on a daily basis on Instagram and TikTok. And again, just look for Freeman Furnishings. So I look forward to seeing you over there. Um, and yeah, have a great week. End. And uh, if you're anything like me, you are probably working on some last-minute Christmas gifts to get done before the holidays, um, or perhaps you're not. Perhaps you are chill, and I'm a bit envious of you if you get to be a bit chill this weekend. Um, either way, I hope you have a fantastic weekend, and I will see you next week with some of my favorite blasts from the Past episodes. Thank you for listening to the Maker Mom podcast. You can connect with the Maker Mom community in the Facebook group page, Maker Moms. And remember, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe, leave an awesome review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know.